0: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee personal injury claims law firm that specializes in maximizing compensation claims for injured people. Call one your claim or YourClaimLawyers.com.au. Hi everyone, Nick here. Before we get into today's show, I would like to remind you that you can get the AFLW season guide/slash AFL record on au. You can find it on the website. You can find it in all of our AFLW yarns. Please download it. Please get around it um, and support the AFLW competition. You can't get it in print just yet, but it is available online for all of your AFLW season guide needs. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Boundary AFLW podcast. We're here for round two. Though weirdly, there was no, there was no games in round one. Was there? No Thursday night game. There was just straight into Bulldogs and Kilda. What a great way <laughs> to kick off the season for round one. Chloe, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you, Pon. Clearly, I would ask how you are, but you're still a bit poor. Bit bitter from uh Thursday night. From it's seven, already been erased.
0: Seven days ago and I'm still bitter about it. Yeah.
1: That's okay. I would be too if I was a carton supporter.
0: <laughs> when you just <laughs> eviscerated us in one dominant quarter of footy.
1: Thank and, you, thank and, you. And then
0: parked the bus
1: for two whole quarters. <laughs> I know, and I was I, I was part of that bus. <laughs> it was a nervous finish. Yeah, and I'm I'm livid because Karen Arrington got a goal scored because <laughs> I apparently held the ball. You
0: did. It was a clip. Really. <laughs> no, it was, it was a pretty crazy finish. I think the third quarter was like 15 minutes long or something. One of the quarters was like dead on 15 minutes. And yeah.
1: I think, I think it was the last quarter was dead on 15 actually. The game just flew by. Absolutely. Well, did you know we only actually play 13 minute quarters with Tamon? on?
0: Yeah, that's too short.
1: See, I didn't, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Cause every time I looked at the clock, it was always like 18, 17, mm. but no, we actually only play 13 minute quarters. Yeah, that's not right, is it? Well, here, like, we'll get straight into the questions. Do should AFLW games quarters be longer?
0: That's a great question, and that's what we're going to do on today's podcast. Because as <laughs> a host, I probably should remember to do intro things.
1: Oh yes, we need to introduce ourselves
0: on this show today. We will be reviewing all of the news. It's been a busy week in um in a COVID-related AFLW yeah. crap. Um, it
1: still was around.
0: Yep. Not going anywhere. Uh, so we'll get into all the news. We've got our own questions for each other. Um, and we've also got a ton of Instagram and Twitter questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted them. I was expecting four <laughs> and we got like 40. So thank you very much for submitting your questions. We're going to go through as many as we can. We're also going to go through round two because obviously this is going out on a Thursday. So round one stuff is pretty much done. If you want reviews and all that, go to scn.com.au and I've got I've got you covered over there. Sorry, Chloe. could you please repeat your question?
1: My question for you, Pont, is should the AFRW quarters be longer than 13 minutes? Absolutely, it should. Yes.
0: The funny thing is when you see people complaining about, oh, it's low scoring. Oh, it's another low scoring round. Or there was the highest scoring round in AFLW history, but it was still low scoring. And it's like the games are still shorter than the men's shortened games in 2020 were. (laughs) And the scoring is comparable. Like if you go back to round two last year when the men's team season resumed and you started with that Richmond Collingwood game that was thirty six thirty six and just utterly boring. I mean pretty much every AFLW game outscored that this week and was shorter. Like, of course the game should be longer.
1: and um, I think and you I think you tweeted it, Pond, it was the highest scoring opening round in W history and yep. you put up the stats that each year it's gone up and up and up. So what I'll let you read. You're the stat man. I call you the stat man. <laughs> stat man.
0: Um, so it was off the top of my head. It was 77 goals were kicked in round yes. one this year, compared to 48 last year. Though so last year there were a few games hit by rain, so obviously you're going to have low scoring rain games. But it was still more scoring than any any round last year, and that's coming off 12 months without footy. So I think my quest question to you was, is the game faster? Is the game cleaner than it was 12 months ago? Because it looked like it to me.
1: Definitely cleaner. Um, the game just went, they always go fast for me. And I had like, I couldn't believe the games go for 13 minutes. I, we we were in a in a team meeting and we were just going through all the new rules introduced. And one of the girls goes, I didn't realize the games were, you know, 13 minute quarters. And I was like, neither did I. I had just assumed they were 15 minutes or, or longer, but no, 13 minutes. Um but I think the the skills were a lot cleaner, which, um, you know, snowball effect is why we have higher scoring rounds and why we continue to is because, you know, we've said it from the start, it's only going to get better. Mm. And, you know, that's all talk, but now it actually, we're actioning that. And the way Collingwood um moved the footy from compared to, you know, last year and a couple of years ago, you know, I've heard people say the way we move the footy is... So crisp, clean, and is unlike any other kind of women's team. And there are teams like Carlton who want to move the footy the same that we do. You hit a short, a handball game. Um, so yeah, skills across across the board, not even just our game, um, were a lot cleaner.
0: The six-year-old teams, and probably also North Melbourne, clearly look so crisp, don't they?
1: You could tell that they had been around they, for a bit longer. Yeah,
0: they look like teams that have been... I mean, they've been playing at elite level for five, six years now. Most of the girls, at least the system has existed now for five or six years. And the younger younger girls naturally have more skills because they've come through more pathways as well. So it's pretty clear that um, the game is is improving, and I think it's improving in all facets. And that was clear in round one. But the thing is, we see every year round one is significantly lower than the rest of the season because it, you know, the part-time nature of the league. It takes a few weeks for for teams to settle. So we see in round one, last year, 48 goals were kicked, but in round four, 70 goals were kicked. So if that trend holds this year, we could see some big scores in a couple of weeks' time. And that might happen as we see uh, a few of these marquee teams playing against each other. Because really, I think what we saw on the weekend, aside from Carlton Collingwood, was top team versus middle bottom team. And I think a lot of the results went that way in terms of what we were expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, Question for you. I think I did one, actually. So, you can you hit me with one okay, if you want. I'll go go with ahead. Does Collingwood have Carlton's number? You seem to know exactly how to stop them. <laughs> last year, you were the only team that stopped them. You know that they want to play short. They want to kick the ball wide. They want to use the length of of Icon Park. They want to kick the ball off. They want to switch the play. They couldn't do any of that in the first half last week. What What is it about Collingwood that just gums up Carlton?
1: Well, I think what what allows us to get on top of them. And mind you, momentum went both ways. And it was, I think it was, I believe it was the lowest scoring game of the round yep. is that Collingwood and Carlton, the women's side, we actually play quite similar um, in the way that we want to move the footy and the way that we want to exit the footy out of our back line, which I think is why we can get on top of them because it's pretty much, and Jess Berger, who is our oppo um, coach scouts them and we, we had a presentation up and, and just reading her dot points on the key features of Carlton, you could almost change Carlton to Collingwood and and it was pretty much how we want to play, which is why I think it's so exciting to watch these two teams play off because it's all about who can execute the game plan better as we do want to play a similar style, which is why in the first quarter, it was kind of like head to head, bit of a slog, second quarter, we executed our game plan a lot better than Carlton did. Third quarter, that shifted. Carlton did what they what we did to them. Um, we're just lucky we've got Jamie Lambert on our side. And then the fourth quarter, it like it's unfortunate how it turned out, but we just had to win the game. And yep. We just put literally all the numbers in in the forward fifty. Um, and actually, my partner's dad joked about it. Um, he was like. Anyone who was down on the other half of the ground needs a, needs a half a refund because <laughs> the game was spent down one end of the oval. But, um, yeah, that's, that's why I think we can get on top of Carlton is because we know their game plan inside and out, so to say, because it's kind of similar, very similar to how we want to play.
0: Yeah, and the difference, I thought, in the game was, obviously, you dominated the second quarter. I felt like you controlled the first quarter, even though there was no real points on the board. The difference was, ultimately, you kicked, Two pretty cool goals. Davey kicked a good one. And then you got that, that cheeky, cheeky one in the third quarter over the back.
1: Jamie Lambert across the, uh, over the top. Yeah. That's a freak. One-handed pick up.
0: Blues had all the momentum and that just broke the game. Yep. And I think that was the difference. In, I mean, it literally was considering six it was points. a six-point game. But yep. I think that broke, that broke Carlton's ability to come back in such short quarters.
1: Yep. My question to you, Pond. Yes. Watching one of the games on the weekend, will a certain team become better and this certain team is Richmond.
0: Richmond were better. They were they were better than they were last year in that they were competent. Last year they couldn't move the ball, they couldn't score, and they couldn't stop anyone from scoring. Their only strength was rebounding from defense, which is a sign that the ball's in your half a lot. They looked they looked what's the word? They were more uh complete around the ground. Monique Conti was tagged out of the game. She had no influence on that game despite the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. So they relied on their other midfielders to sort of pick up the slack. And while there wasn't anything special, they were able to get the ball inside 50. Unfortunately, they came up against a Brisbane team that is one of the best in the comp in terms of picking the ball off in defense. And Richmond's skills clearly aren't there yet to be able to go with a team like that. So I thought the Tigers were fine. I think if that Katie Brennan goal goes through and isn't touched on the mark, it might have gone a different way in terms of momentum, but they just couldn't score. And the Lions did enough there. they uh, I don't know if they're going to be a great team, Brisbane, but they did enough in terms of they're, they're a team that's been around for five years. They know what they're doing. Their backline is led by a Kate Lutkins, who's just one of the smartest players in the comp. Their midfield is incredibly underrated. Emily Bates doesn't get talked about enough. Catherine Spark is a gun. Uh, Isabel Dawes, rising star for the week. That's another one that they have found. The weird question for me is why wasn't Jess Wooshner in the team?
1: I, I thought that too. I actually I don't know. This is the game that you know we like to play. Injury, something's happening. But I, was she not selected? She was an emergency. So there you I, go. I
0: don't know if she made the didn't make the trip or if she had like a work. Commitment. No, she made
1: the trip because I did. saw on her Instagram story she was there. So that's very strange.
0: Because Jess has kicked more goals than anyone in AFLW history. She's
1: something's. A, yeah, you've got a when, nose for. When, Watch
0: the team selection this week. If Jess Wyshner isn't picked again, then... Just
1: Something's up. Wait, wait for it. The news will come out.
0: Because there's never, like, Brisbane AFLW in the media. Like, I haven't seen a single interview with, with them. But if there is, I would like to know what's going on there. <laughs> if anyone
1: knows what's happening, or Jess, if you're listening, give us the
0: exclusive. Big fan give of the, the podcast. breaking story. Um, question for you. Yes. Was the oh crap moment of the round when Adelaide threw Chelsea Randall forward?
1: <laughs> oh no, you messaged me Because I actually, I don't know why But I just didn't notice it And then you're like, Chelsea Randall's forward And I was like, oh, she is Like actually starting forward I thought yeah. she might have like came back But no, she is for. I, I don't know why she's there I thought Adelaide were quite Their forward line wasn't what pretty they good needed to work on
0: It's pretty good And now it's even better
1: Yeah, but their back line who I like Randall in the back line more. I think yep. the natural run and carry ability for her and that, you know, attacking the contest um, and just bursting through it is more suited to the back line than in the forward line. But uh, there's always a method to the madness. Um, I don't know if it's an, oh crap, like, because mm. it worked out. I mean, you could probably put Chelsea Randall anywhere and um, she She'd find the footy and play her role. But yeah, interesting move by Adelaide.
0: It felt like a, like a light bulb moment for me where it's like, she's probably the best contested mark in the comp. She's a great ball user. Um, putting her in the forward half is a bit scary, but they did lose uh, Courtney Cramie retired. Yes. So they had to replace her. And, but they, they also didn't have Randall last year. So their backline had to learn to function without her. So maybe they're thinking, well, we'll, we'll just back what we had in last year. We've got Lisa Whitley who's come into the back line replacing Cramey, as a friend of the show, Ebony Marinoff, told us in week one. Mm-hmm. So maybe they think Randall full forward, Aaron Phillips floating around there, had five shots at goal. They've got Stevie Lee and Ponter and all these yeah, other...
1: They put Randall in there. Didn't... It's
0: very scary. I think that's something that might... It scares me. I think it makes Adelaide a contender.
1: Well, she's a hard matchup. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking of our back line. I mean... Definitely have the capability to stop a player like her, but yeah, strange, 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 but scary. My question for you, mm-hmm. Mr. Pont. Well, I don't know we just brought it up, and it's probably going to come up in the news. The Ebony Marinoff situation mm. should she or shouldn't she have played? And this might be a nice roll into our news segment.
0: Well, we, we found out at three-quarter time of the Carlton Collingwood game that she'd beaten the suspension, which was quite funny because it's like, we'll, who, what will finish first, the game or the, or the... Or the tribunal hearing? <laughs> she absolutely should have played. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. I'm a big advocate for why do we want to punish players for incidental contact? Yes, we want to protect players, but Ebony didn't do anything wrong. She was just there, and in a split second, there's a collision, and a player's been hurt. It's a contact sport. That happens, of course. Ebony should have played, and three weeks was was baffling and the wrong call. Obviously, the uh, the player on the receiving end, Bridstack, was not particularly happy about that. We've got. <laughs> we will go on to that. We will get onto that. One of our Instagram questions was about that. So if we, that. if we want to just touch on that, uh, I don't know what to say. Really, it's it's not what you want to hear from a player who's uh, in the system, who's. Uh, been on the receiving end, obviously, she's dealing with a lot herself. But to, to throw it back on Adelaide and Ebony, I think, was was not the professional way to go about it.
1: I think that just the one thing I'm disappointed in, obviously, Brid's got a voice and, and um, you know, thoughts are with her still because she has to wear a neck brace and it would definitely be quite uncomfortable and the injuries, no matter what they are, um, are always, you know, quite difficult. But just the way noffy was painted out to be just is not a reflection of who she is at all and you know we've had her on here and just you can tell a lot by the way someone presents themselves and the way they talk and the way they interact with people and noffy's not someone who would do anything malicious like that to hurt intentionally hurt someone and like that i mean it, it didn't look like it affected her on the weekend but she's probably done a lot of work to get herself to a point where she can go in for a hard tackle again, because it wouldn't have been easy. Um, and yeah, like just for the reading the article, you'd think that the video would be a lot more dangerous, Mm. um, than it was. Um, so yeah, I just more am disappointed that the way Noffy was painted out to be, and questioned her character.
0: Which we know is great.
1: We, yeah. Which anyone who knows Ebony Marinoff knows that. Yeah. She, it was so incidental. And yeah, that's that's probably the most disappointing point out of that article. And yeah.
0: Speaking of Adelaide and GWS, as of time of recording uh, on Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, sorry, it appears that we're going to get Adelaide versus GWS after all. As we know, WA went into five days of lockdown this isn't the podcast for in-depth COVID conversations. You've heard it all by now. We don't want to run it over. But it appears that Adelaide are flying to New South Wales, which means we could get GWS hosting Adelaide this weekend.
1: Oh, it's just a bit of a head case. Like, even even trying to organise next week, um, you, we just can't because it's like, you know, and I probably was annoying. I asked um, Chloe McMillan, I was like, when, what day are we playing next week? She's like, "I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and it's two weeks releasing and I get it because look what happened within the space, you know, Mm. the game, um, Fremantle and who Fremantle played on the weekend?
0: Fremantle played GWS.
1: There you go. After that game was literally, I think it was three quarter time. The news came out that they were going into a lockdown. Yeah. And then after the game, it's like, yeah, yeah. hurrah, hurrah! It's in the song. Um, but pack up your stuff because we've actually, we've either got to get out of here. We've got to quarantine. I was like, oh my God, that's just. It's an absolute head case, but I think that's just what this season's gonna be. If we wanna yep. play and every club's committed to getting the season done and Gil McLaughlin said his biggest regret was not having a premier last year and tying up the loose end of AFRW, you know, twenty twenty. So I think whatever whatever needs to be done will be done, but um, you know, shout out to GWS who have done so much to get the season running and to allow it to keep running and then to all the, like, we're all, we're all going to, you know, cop it. COVID is not going anywhere, unfortunately. Um, so I think it's going to be a hurdle that we face multiple, multiple times during this season. And it's just a cliche case. So we've just got to get on with it.
0: Yeah. Well, we had a case in Victoria in hotel quarantine because tennis, we have to have tennis. <laughs> yes. Not, again, so this can isn't the can come up podcast anywhere. That, so we're back in masks, yeah.
1: but. Yep. Yeah. But That's again,
0: okay. uh, we don't know what the border situation is with Victoria. There are no Victorian teams uh, travelling this weekend, anyway. Um, I don't believe. Let me just check down. It doesn't. No, matter. I don't. I don't believe. Um, I
1: think all interstate teams coming to us.
0: Yeah. So at this stage, that doesn't really matter. Uh, I doubt it will matter, as we saw in WA. No cases since the lockdown.
1: Uh, so. Yes, but whatever needs to happen, because at the end of the day, what's going on this pandemic is much bigger than sport. Um, sport is no bigger than any, anyone's life. So if, if it needs to stop or games be postponed or anything like that, because I said it on an interview with ABC, um, we're pretty lucky just to be playing sport because my partner at the minute can't play Mm. her sport because where she wants to go is absolutely cooked with COVID cases.
0: Which is not fun, but except for the Australian Open. The Australian Open is bigger than um, (laughs) anyway. Um, so moving on. Um, North Melbourne, question for you. They have the highest percentage in AFL slash AFLW history of 788.9. At one point in the broadcast, it broke Fox Footy's ladder, live ladder. It just said five because it couldn't work out what the percentage was.
1: Well, what's the algorithm for it?
0: Percentage is just points for divided by points against. Okay. I believe.
1: I've so this is why they needed... They the needed long to, long to score, score.
0: but that, that that didn't actually matter because someone was eventually going to score against North this season. So even if it was zero on the percentage this week, it wouldn't have mattered next week. So
1: okay, right. It, it's
0: not a not a big deal. But are they the team to beat, aside from Collingwood, of course?
1: Mm, no, I no? don't think so. No, like they're a very quality side, and every teams we want to beat them obviously. Um, but I don't think they are. The team to beat. Um, I still think Adelaide probably hold that title more so than North Melbourne, um, and that's not to undermine Geelong or anything. But um, I just don't think North Melbourne are the team to beat this year. Interesting. I think Adelaide, like I said, Adelaide still are deserving of that title.
0: Well, it's a shame we didn't. We're not going to get Adelaide Frio this week. Because oh, well, you
1: never know, Pont. When he's still well, mine, who knows?
0: She's yeah, true. Who time, knows? Again, time of recording. Adelaide are on their way to New South Wales, so if they're playing Fremantle, I'd be surprised at this point. But I mean, it's uh, Fremantle dodging another contender <laughs> and getting to play another lowly team in West Coast. Probably, mm, but
1: we won't. We won't get no, there. No, no. Anyway,
0: <laughs> uh, Fremantle supporters don't tweet me again. Um, the other thing we're going to do today, as I mentioned before, is we're going to go through our Instagram questions. Do you have any more questions first before we move I've on? I've got one more interesting go. one for go you.
1: Ahead. Singing the song, wing team singing the song on the ground, yes or no? Big yes. Big yes.
0: Big yes. I love it. As putting the 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 boundary side reporter thing away from me because it means I don't have to go into the rooms. So I can just grab <laughs> grab one of you after the game. And rude that ABC, I was trying to grab you for post-game on Thursday. They
1: cut your lunch.
0: And now... and good friend of the show Jess Webster grabbed you <laughs> so that saved that saved me from a bit of hassle i guess but <laughs> um no i like it i really like it i think it's a nice touch what do you think
1: well it's actually quite an interesting debate and and please feel free to to hit us up on your thoughts um for the listeners who are um tuning in um it's a mixed mixed emotions a couple of girls have said yes a couple of girls have said no um, I can s- kind of see both sides of the coin for it. Personally, I like I said I can see both sides, but I probably would say no, just because I think it's a bit disrespectful to the losing side. Like I think you want to be humble, humble when you win, and staying out on the ground. Um, on the logo, screaming your lungs out, singing the song.
0: <laughs> as they're walking off.
1: As they're walking off and as fans are still there. I just find that possibly a little bit disrespectful. Interesting. And you want to be, like I said, humble when you win and, and not boast and puff your chest up. But um, it's something that we, whether we say yes, whether we say no, that it's, we've got to do. And there's pros and cons to it. But personally, I'm am I'm a I'm probably a no for it.
0: It's interesting. Why is it different? Has it ever been told to you why you do it on the ground rather than in the rooms?
1: Broadcast, for broadcast purposes. And I think, okay. yeah, actually, I don't like, really is know. Is there a, re-
0: like, it's different, but why is it different? I guess they, they want the fans to see it or, I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. But it's it's a, like, it's a junior footy thing where, you know, where you link arms and you sing the song off the ground, like.
1: Maybe know. if I put my head like, yeah, and no, I linked your arms. Oh God, I've got a great picture of me playing <laughs> younger when I was younger. Singing that, um, socks fully up, helmet on. Yes. Um, maybe possibly, maybe because cameras wise, there's not as many cameras at a women's game as there is at the boys game. So there's not enough to get into the change rooms quick enough.
0: Oh, no, that wouldn't be an issue, I don't think. Okay. Anyway. I'm just trying to
1: think because actually you put that on me and I don't <laughs> have a... Um,
0: we solved the big talking points logical on, on this podcast. <laughs> um, if we any, do. If anyone knows the answer, I might inquire. Um, see see if we can yeah, we can actually. work that one out for you because again we we solve the big issues on this <laughs> podcast. So as I, as I was saying we d- we've done our own questions and thank you to everyone who submitted instagram questions and twitter questions for us to answer. We got lots of them. So we're going to take them in turns. We've got them all here. So um most of these are directed at Chloe, but <laughs> I will I'll answer a couple. We'll have some Pont involved yep. as well. So I'll hit you up first with I'm assuming this is from Instagram from Barbzul Seven. No, get some get some vowels, Barbzul Seven. How many hours a week are you actually paid for to play and train?
1: That well, I won't um announce pay wise what no, we get. No. Um but I can answer that in a way that we do a lot more than what we are paid for. Um and that's just where it is at the minute. And it's the sac- little sacrifices that we make to become better athletes, and we do it because we love it. Um, and you'll find that we are scheduled maybe for a five to eight training session, but it's that's you never get there at five, and you don't ever leave at eight. <laughs> You're always there at least an hour earlier or an hour later. Yeah. Um. So I uh, like it's just. I'm okay with it because I I enjoy being there. I enjoy footy and it's my passion. And you do things for two reasons. I've been told you do it for money or you do it because you love it. And for me, footy, I do it because I love it. So um, we don't get paid for everything we do um, because outside of it, we have little extras that we just choose to do. Fair enough. But this is one you could answer mm-hmm. upon. Ooh. Regan.Hardy has asked, if you could change one thing about the AFIW season, what would it be?
0: Uh, I think I'll go the obvious route here. I think it should be 13 uh, rounds. Mm -hmm. I think every team should play each other once. If it goes deeper into the footy season, it goes deeper into the footy season. That's fine. We know that the media coverage is going to be what the media coverage is. As long as every game is televised, as long as the games are on radio every now and then, that's all that really matters to me. Um, I would like to see a 13-week season, maybe start of the week earlier and push it push it back another week into Jan and then go into start preseason even earlier and and pay the players more because that means it's a longer season you have to pay them more so that's also good but I think a 13 week season is is what we want for fairness reasons yep. every team should play each other
1: once yes it's as simple as that I know it's it's too simple isn't it and maybe make the game a bit longer yeah and longer, also longer quarters and give teams more
0: players, because 30 is not a sustainable number, which I've been saying since literally season one. Yes,
1: I think I recall you saying that.
0: And since we're not doing, it's from all the conversations that I've been hearing, you know, Nicole Livingston and uh, coaches, half in particular, Peter Searle, when she was with us, there seems to be the atmosphere around expansion has changed. It's now let's take a step back, let's wait and see, rather than, you know, this is going to happen next year. Or So my hope is we have two years of 14 teams and then we reconsider expansion again in 2023 mm-hmm. so give every team three more players give every team three more list spots um next year work it out and then go to 13 uh 13 rounds in 2023 when the collective bargaining agreement ends and then we'll talk about expansion after that
1: yep i'm all for that
0: question for you from <laughs> enhanced football or uh, ben stanley on yes Instagram.
1: It's a- Ben, actually, when I was in Queensland during the COVID break, I did some skill sessions with him. So okay. shout out to Ben. Shout
0: out to Ben. Biggest improvement in AFLW that you have noticed in the last two years?
1: The the kicking, the short kicking game is definitely something that's improved um, personally probably for Collingwood. But I think across the board, we're seeing it was very contested um you know, the first AFRW season, a lot of dirty ground balls, a lot of contested Mm. footy. And now we're seeing um, games where teams are holding up and, and playing a slower style and being able to retain the ball for longer periods of time because the ability for us AFRW athletes to hit a shorter kick now instead of, you know... Um, just being content with a long down-the-line kick or just a scrub kick or whatever yeah. it is, um, is, yeah, our ability to execute a shorter kicking game is something that's probably really, really improved across the board.
0: That's a great point too because I think that's, again, as we were saying at the top of the show, that's really evident with the five-year-old teams. Teams like Richmond and Gold Coast yes, and West Coast, while they're getting better, they're still – Relying on those long kicks down the line, those contested marks inside 50. We're not seeing those.
1: Kick and hope kind of. Yeah,
0: but that's, that'll come in time. I think especially a smart team like Gold Coast clearly knows what they're doing. And I think in time they'll work that out.
1: Well, we saw it in the established teams yeah. where we're at now. And I have no doubt that those teams who have come in as expansion teams will eventually get there.
0: And shout out to St. Kilda, who clearly look more advanced than the remain, the other uh, two-year-old teams. Peter Sell doing a wonderful job there. I'll throw another one at you. How was the pace and intensity of the games after such a huge break from footy? That was from Canberra Panda
1: <laughs> That's actually quite fun yeah, to say that's a good one the pace The pace actually didn't change much um I found it was really it kind of picked up exactly where it left off um ten months ago personally that's that's my um belief the intensity. Uh, This is hard to answer, I guess, especially coming out of a Carlton Collingwood game. Because if I'm answering as a Carlton Collingwood game um, compared to a season game, the intensity and the pace is always going to be harder. The pace is always going to be hotter. Um, But my body was quite sore after the game just because you can never, the only way you can, you know, train for a game is to play a game. Um, You can't replicate that. And the body contact. Mm. And I have no doubt the midfielders like, you know, Chops and and Britt and Bree and, and Ebso Day they would have pulled up very sore, those in and under plays, because we just haven't had that mm. sort of, you know, unexpected body contact like we have had at training or in the practice match even. So um, I can answer this from a Carlton Collingwood game because that's all we've played thus far. And it was definitely, yeah, harder, a lot harder Pace wise, um, I think yeah, we just picked up where we left off.
0: You can train as much as you like, but there's no training for match fitness. That's true in AFLW level, and that's true in Sunday afternoon basketball as well. From, from what I've learned, um, that was a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> laugh. Cue the laugh button. Cue laugh button. I uh-huh, don't have uh-huh. a laugh button. Um, <laughs> from Luke, do you think AFLW will adopt eighteen player on the field structures soon, or do you see sixteen as the right mix for the moment?
1: I'm okay with 16 at the moment. Mm Um, I mean, everything's, you know, being a numbers person, um, and being exposed to the numbers that you've, um, you're insightful to, everything is going up and everything's working. So I don't feel like you need to change the numbers on the field because we are scoring more. Um, it's skills are cleaner. We can play with two less players. Mm. Um, and I think it, it it comes down, if you add two more players, the running patterns and the leading lanes of people, um, I think it would just clog it up a little bit. And we're so used to 16 now that it's almost these AFRW rules just need to filter down and then we won't know anything different because yep. we go back to VFRW level and we do have more players on the field. Oh, really? And there's different rules. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's that's probably to answer that. I don't think they'll adopt 18 players. But I'm going to add to it, I think the AFRW rules need to filter down to the to the VFRW, to the state leagues, to, to everywhere, yep. to Australian-wide. If you're playing women's footy, these are the stock standard blanket rules that need to be put in place. So when you get to the AFRW level, it's, not, it's an easier transition because things are the same.
0: That is a great point. Um, I agree. I think 16 is working. I think... Uh, we, we're pretty critical of the AFLW, um, behind the scenes hierarchy on this podcast as a general rule, but good on them for not in, in instituting the changes that are being made for the men's season. Obviously you guys were already in preseason and making changes like the man on the mark thing mm-hmm. or an interchange cap, which would be completely pointless in AFLW. Um, I think that was a, a smart call, just a hold, hold firm, no need to make unnecessary changes. Um, yeah, I agree there.
1: I've got one for you, Pond, and this is a great one for you, actually. It's a good question. <laughs> I just don't want to say the name. It's all yours? Boba, Boba Darwin. <laughs> I believe it's, let's go Boba. Boba Darwin. Darwin. Boba Darwin. Sorry for the pronunciation, but thank you for the, the little <laughs> giggle. Um, this is the question. As someone who has studied sports media journalism, what do you think of the ton of the media coverage of AFRW? Tone. Oh, my God. Can't speak. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just going to start that again, people. Apologies, Rewind. I'm, As... I'm not cutting this out. No. <laughs> oh, thanks, Vaughn. As someone who has studied sports journalism, what do you think of the tone of the media coverage of AFRW? Journals and commentators understandably want to build the game and not tear it down, but for you, does it feel they go too soft on individuals who play badly?
0: That's a fantastic question. Um, I think everyone on this topic needs to relax a bit. Uh, I... I go hard a bit, like I did my power rankings yesterday and went pretty hard on Geelong and West Coast in particular. Um, frankly, Geelong isn't up to scratch for a team that uh, came into the league at the same time as North Melbourne. Frankly, West Coast is a mess, but it's round one, so let's give them a few weeks. Um, I I like to go hard because I feel like I can in terms of I have done the research, I've done the time, and I want to give the the uh, the competition the coverage that the men's comp gets and you have to dial that down a bit because they're not you're not full-time athletes you don't have the same resources you don't get the same pay It's like yes we have to treat the league seriously and yes it deserves proper full-on coverage and critique but you've also got to take into account the fact that players um, deserve a bit of a break considering they don't get to train every day of the week like someone Take Taylor Harris, for example, who probably gets criticized more than any AFLW player out there. Like, if she was a full-time Carlton player, she could, you know, rehab her her knee niggles and her her back niggles and working on goal kicking and test marking all the time. She can't do that. She's not allowed to. So I think there's a balance there. As far as the media coverage, I thought it was really good on the weekend. I thought I've been really critical of uh, Fox footy and Channel 7 in previous years for just getting, let's get, it's an Adelaide game. Let's get adelaide current adelaide player on the, on the commentary team to to talk about footy and it's just infuriating or like they'll just grab you know this person they they know AFLW but they have no sort of broadcast skills and yep. they don't really know what they're doing and i thought it was really good on the weekend obviously jason bennett and nigel carmody are the are the best they are fantastic agreed uh daniel harford i think adding him to the broadcast was fantastic he's a we know half is is a media guru. Yes, um, Lee Montagna and Kelly Underwood. I mean, they're they're good callers. They're getting better. Um, they put in the work. Like I I was at the the practice game for Carlton and uh, St Kilda. The only other people there were Sarah Black from AFL Media, someone from the Herald Sun, and Montagna and uh, Kelly Underwood, and uh, Reese from North Melbourne, who was the only club official who was at the game. <laughs> Weirdly, it was the only scout that showed up. Um, but they were there. They were there, they were They were learning, and they're, they're doing better. It's the same as any other comp. The comps only existed for five years, so most of the people calling it are learning it as they go. So you've got to give them time as well. I think people need to relax on this a bit. Um, the, the critique is out there. If you want to find it, come to scn.com.au. You've got ShePlays. You've got other websites out there. The Guardian do some stuff as well. The ABC have some good analysis. It's out there. Just because it's not coming from the... Harold sun or fox footy like it's not a big deal in my eyes but you have a journalism degree as well so give your thoughts
1: yeah and there's there's all different avenues like you just mentioned a couple like it's not the mainstream ones that just cover it there is actually a lot of coverage but it's it's more your local medias and i know there's there's so many podcasts out there that are run by passionate fans who do have some idea and one that comes to mind straight away is the outer sanctum that if you don't know, they cover the AFRW very well and and they speak all topics. And, um, I, I didn't have an issue with the media coverage. I actually thought we did, you know, we got what we deserved. Um, we had a, we had a double page spread in the Herald Sun and that's probably, I think that's maybe one of the first times that we did have that. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't knock the media really for anything. And like you, you mentioned Cal was at St Kilda game. She's been at our training. She's asked me to catch up. Like they want to learn and they want to know and yeah. they want to, they want to be better for themselves and for the organisations they work with, but also they want to be better for the AFRW and, and for us and for the game. So yeah, very, very, very good question.
0: That's a great question. And yeah, the coverage will just get better as time goes on. And if you want great coverage, we're right here. <laughs> just come to our podcast. Um, Andy asks, sup, Chloe? What does playing in Collingwood's first Pride game mean to you? Has the team done anything special this weekend?
1: So Andy is a longtime Collingwood supporter and he um, is always at our games and always says hello. I actually gave him one of my boots after a game. The lace broke, so I gave it to him. And nice he's pretty happy about it. Um, uh, what does it mean to me? Uh, for me, it's, it's, um, always, you know, exciting to be parts of games, um, that are doing something for the greater good. Um, we play footy and we've got that power to kind of make a change. So for us to be a part of, of Pride Round, um, yeah, something I I am proud to do, um, footy, like I said, has the ability to influence um, world beliefs and and have that impact. So, yeah, it's a very special moment. Um, I do apologise if we don't have a jersey um, that is representing the Pride Round, so I do apologise for that, Andy. But um, we have – I know it's little things that we've done. Um, We've changed our social media um, profile pictures to include – um, the colours of the rainbow in the background to signify that we, you know, we are behind this, um, and also we have G Flip, um, who will be interviewed during the game, um, who is a big advocate for um, the Pride Rounder and for someone who speak who will probably speak quite passionately um, on that. So apologies, Andy, that we won't have a cool jersey for you, but um, I'm maybe one day. Um, That's a good question. <laughs> Pete, in brackets, actually Nick's mum. You're not supposed to read that bit.
0: She wanted to be anonymous. <laughs> oh, you
1: knew I was going to read that. Well, sorry, Hello, mom. Ponce mum. Hi, mum. Has he cleaned his room? No. Has he done the washing?
0: I actually got my mum to submit a question because
1: I thought we'd get like three.
0: Oh,
1: so, and she did. So we have to read it out. How does Carlton and their slow start? It, oh It's
0: a good question. It's a, good, it's a, great, question. It's a great question. Great question. It haunted them last year. They won six games, yes, but it, it did mess them up um, and it forced them to come from behind pretty much every week. I don't know how they address it. I mean, it's clearly, I'm not a I'm not a coach, so I'm not going to pretend to know how a team goes about starting well, but it's a problem and they've got to solve it. They can't afford to be two or three goals down against the Bulldogs at halftime in, on Friday in what will probably be a pretty wet game. So I don't know. How does a team address? How does a team mentally be ready for a start of a game?
1: Well it's a curse and I think every team's got a quarter that just never seems to go their way and for Collingwood it's the third quarter and ironically that's what happened in the in the game in round 1 but um I think the way you address it is you set you set quarterly goals and you just try to achieve them and then you worry about the next one so for Carlton don't know what they thought in the first quarter didn't work for him, unfortunately. Get that um, smile off your face. <laughs> I know. It is from ear to ear. But it is, it, teams are cursed with quarters. But for me, I think the way you go about dressing, it, and I don't, I, I'm not a head coach either. Um, but as a player, I would think that you would just narrow it down to a couple of little things that you want to achieve in that first quarter and in, in whatever quarter it is that haunts you. And, and you know, just to try achieve them. Um, and then things should roll into place.
0: Last question before we move on, and again, thank you to everyone who submitted them. If you didn't hear your question read out, we'll probably get to it next week. Next week, um, from uh, someone named Sam Virgo. Uh, any tips on how to beat Collingwood?
1: Uh, that name sounds quite familiar.
0: Gold Coast defender Sam. <laughs> I'm only teasing,
1: Sam. You're trying to get the inside scoop. Um, how do you beat us? Um, Sh-
0: shut down C Malloy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you show up in the first quarter. Yes. Don't don't
0: <laughs> don't go scoreless for a half. Um. Like a certain team?
1: Oh, how would you beat us? I would say... Hmm.
0: Actually, you probably don't say. Best if you don't.
1: No, I'm trying to give Eric <laughs> something juicy and good, but nothing that's going to get me into trouble.
0: <laughs> well, while you, while you think, I think <laughs> the best way to stop Collingwood is to control the midfield because clearly you have the best... One of the best midfielders, midfield groups in the comp. And when you got on top of Carlton, you control the territory game. You're one of the best pressure teams, I think. So... Once the ball's in your forward half, it's hard to stop you. So if you can get the ball trapped in the opposition's forward half and control that half of the ground, then I think that might go a long way, as we saw Carlton in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't score because Collingwood had 18 players in defence.
1: There you go, Sam. Or well, I'm just picturing in my head me saying something, them in their pre-game, yep. and then me quoted on the board and them using that to fuel the flame. And <laughs> yep. I'm like, nah, nope, there you go, Sam. Pont answered it on my behalf. Yeah. I'll agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. No comment. All
0: right. Let's go through some tips before we get out of here. Western Bulldogs, Carlton, Friday night, Vic Uni. Vic Uni? Yeah, Vic Uni. Uh, Whit Novell. 100% chance of rain. Thunderstorm's expected. Uh, Give me me a a prediction and a tip for this one.
1: Uh, I think if it rains, it's actually going to play to Carlton's um, advantage because their midfielders are just... Rough and tough, and we'll just log that footy forward. So I think the rain will help them, but I think if it's a dry game, although you said it's a hundred percent chance of rain, well, I think doggies. Are... Well, I've just contradicted myself, haven't I? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go tip Carlton.
0: Okay, I'm also tipping Carlton, but with with anxiety and lack of confidence. <laughs> uh, Collingwood Suns, I'm I'm confident. I know who you're tipping. I'm also tipping Collingwood quite comfortably. I think the Suns will be competitive. I don't know if they can keep pace with you guys score-wise. Uh, obviously, no Alicia Newman. She's been suspended for a week. Um, so I think that'll be a very interesting game.
1: I think Pies, too. I think you think Pies, too. I think them. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne versus
0: Richmond at the uh, worst uh, venue for in the sports country. in the country. Casey Fields. Agreed. Um, I'm expecting a low-scoring game because Casey Fields doesn't allow you to kick many goals because of the awful conditions. Um, but Melbourne wins comfortably.
1: I just think Melbourne are going to run over the top of Richmond just the way their defenders lock down and yeah. they're just going to deprive Richmond of any scoring opportunities, which are going to force their forwards high, which means KB is going to come up high, which she is one of your best ball users in the team. I think, uh, their midfield will just outdo. We saw, you know, put a tag on a couple of players and it's hard for them to shake it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think, I think Melbourne will, will get an easy win.
0: Brisbane showed the blueprint. Maybe Mythen goes to Conti, lock her out again. I mean, conti has got to be able to overcome those tags. If, if she was, she's going to lead this team through the midfield. Uh, maybe someone like Sarah Hosking needs to defend Conti more through that midfield and, and get that, break that tag. Cause Kathy Sparke. Won so much of the footy and also locked out Conti. She
1: had a great, she was my MVP of that game, just backtracking. Very underrated, (laughs)
0: Cathy Spark. Um, Yeah, I think Melbourne wins and I think Daisy Pierce takes 10 intercept marks. Uh, (laughs) Just picks everything off. North St Kilda, this is a really good game. Yes. St Kilda, really high scoring, free flowing. Uh, Their young midfield looks really promising coming up against the North team that, let's be honest, they had a practice draw last week. Um, I'm tipping North to win but I don't think it'll be anywhere near as comfortable. I think this Saints team has a lot of pride and Mm -hmm. I think their young midfield trio of uh, White and Patricios and Dylan in particular are really good. Their forward line can score. Their back line is steady. So, yeah, I think this will be a good one.
1: The midfield's almost, it's the battle of experience. I really want to tip St Kilda, um, but it's at Arden Street. It's a sellout game. I just don't think you're going to beat that north side at Arden Street. Like you said, St. Kilda will be competitive, but I just don't think they'll get there in the end. Um, I think North will will take this one.
0: Brisbane and Geelong, Hickey Park, uh, Sunday. This is another important game. The Cats cannot afford to, to look like they did last week again. A Brisbane team that won't let them score particularly easily. Um, they didn't score for three quarters against North Melbourne. I'm expecting this to be like a low-scoring game, but Brisbane win by 20 points.
1: I think Geelong are gonna come out and and definitely answer to last week, and they are a team that I think have a lot of pride and um are definitely gutted from the weekend, so they will be a different outfit uh come Sunday, but I think Brisbane and the way they played against Richmond was a great confidence boost for them that you know their game plan does work and it can beat it can beat sides so Agreed. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think a lot of it, the footy's going to be um, in the middle of the ground, just kick for kick. Um, it might even be a goal-for-goal goal sort of situation, but I think Brisbane will come away with this one.
0: Yeah, until Nina Morrison is back and flying out, I don't see Geelong, Geelong's midfield having the guts, to, uh, guts having the ability to go with a team like Brisbane who have a really deep midfield. Let's just go through the, the games that might happen, just in case they do happen. Um <laughs> So we're now assuming Adelaide versus GWS in New South Wales.
1: Might go ahead. Which
0: might go ahead coming off both teams in terms of not being able to train this week, really. New South- GWS haven't been able to train at all.
1: I actually don't think it's fair that these teams play, yep. especially having a week of no training as a group. Mm. I, I I think postponing the games is is the best outcome. And I know we want the season to get done and... We've got finals to, you know, we've got a timeline that we need to play up against. But I just don't think it's fair that these girls won't have trained with the team and had the same routine that we've done and then expected to play a game.
0: Put yourself in uh, a GWS player's shoes. If the AFL came to you and said, we're going to play this game on Tuesday night, like if they came to you today and said, we're going to play this game on Tuesday night, what would you be able to say to something like that?
1: So if they didn't play on the weekend, they said we're yeah. going to play Tuesday we're gonna night. We're going to play
0: you against Adelaide. Your round two game will be Tuesday night. And then the following week, you'll play on Sunday.
1: So I actually wouldn't mind that because it's what? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's games that have a five-day turnaround. Yeah. You know, some teams play Sunday and then it's not... I don't think it's too much to ask because there have been times where it's been a quick turnaround or teams travel and they get back and then they play in five days after they've gotten back from travel. Um, I just think, for me, I would rather have at least a session under the belt as a group before you go out and play a game and that be the first time after a week that you've seen each other.
0: Yeah, and that's totally fair. So That's totally fair.
1: But if they go ahead, mm-hmm. Crows versus Frio.
0: Crows versus, I think we're going Crows GWS.
1: Crows, oh, apologies. That is my bad. And I should have known that because... It, it, the fixture
0: is all over the shop,
1: so... And I am too. Well, who who would take that, I think? Adelaide. Yeah,
0: got. I think Adelaide wins that one as well. Um, easily. Probably easily. I think GWS were quite impressive. They just couldn't stop Fremantle's explosive forward line for four quarters. Once once Duffy and Houghton sort of got the momentum going their way, they and just Once, they just once kicked they're
1: away. off, that, that's very... I mean, you saw Duffy kicked one from the sideline that was just yep. like... You, you, as a defender, you turn and you go, there's actually nothing we could have done about that.
0: Absolutely not. And then speaking of of Duffy and Fremantle, if we do end up getting a Derby, a Fremantle-West Coast game, again, maybe like on a Sunday night or a Monday night or whenever, considering the the five-day lockdown ends on Friday. So if if they wanted to maybe have a session on Saturday and then maybe a Monday game or whatever, who knows? Mm -hmm. We'll find out. It might have been decided in the last hour. We won't know. We won't know. Um, I think Fremantle destroyed them.
1: Yeah. I am going to agree with that one. I just don't think... Eagles have the outfit to beat such a dominant no. Fremantle side.
0: They're way too reliant on Hooker Swanson and now McCarthy. I think those three players are stars,
1: and that's exhausting for three yep. players to continually carry the team.
0: But yeah, so those are our round two predictions. Um, I I did pretty well last week. I think I got all but one game right. Which game was that? I think I oh, I tipped. I changed my tip from St Kilda to the Bulldogs at the last minute.
1: Oh, no, I tipped Geelong. And
0: you tipped Geelong as my bro- North Melbourne supporting brother wanted me to remind you. But um, yeah. So it's not good when you tip a team that doesn't score for three quarters.
1: I, at least I had faith. I went
0: with them. I backed them in. You backed them in, and they let you down. Anyway, that's okay. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Boundary AFLW Podcast. I hope you like the format. We did something a bit different. We a did, bit different. Didn't have a guest. We went. We had. We were the guests this week.
1: We were the guests. But please uh, give us feedback if you would like to hear from a t- particular player, yes, head coach, or someone within the media. We will do our best. Um, so let us know.
0: Um, thank you to everyone who let up, let me know, or let us know that you listened to the whole episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. I put out the please last week that if anyone's listening at this point of the podcast, please let me know just so I know that someone is. And a few
1: people did. Oh, no, I, think nice. I I think I owe like three, four coffees.
0: Yep, you owe a few coffees. <laughs> um, again, thank you very much for for being wow. our our loyal family. Uh, we will see you again next week. Uh, go pies and,
1: and stay COVID safe. Mask up. Did you say go pies? Yeah.